Okay. Uh, do you th- I feel like this, this should probably be a pretty quick episode. Eddie said it best. It's like, you know, there's no boring weeks of college football, but this week is really testing it. And, I mean, the biggest headline was Baker Mayfield grabbing his crotch. Since we are Hello and welcome to another victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to us over at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Come join us on Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord is how you get there. And you can email the show, podcast at HerLoyalSons.com. And with that said, I'd like to welcome back Shane. Shane, how you doing? Man, good. Nine and two and feeling all right. You know, just trying to close this thing out. Let's yeah. get it done. Yeah, it's hard to believe that we are we are one weekend away from the regular season being over, and then we got what should be a good bowl game coming up, a very good bowl game. Uh, man, it's it's been one heck of a ride, one crazy ride, to say the least, as well. Oh show. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to go ahead and roll into it. We got a couple quick notes before we get into the games. Uh, the first is Extra Life, folks. That's coming up for me December 8th. I'm going to start it. I got an official start time. I thought it would be later, but it's going to be 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on December 8th. Uh, I've had a, a promo video out. At, if you follow me at ND Text, it's actually what I got pinned to my Twitter account right now. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, make sure you start spreading the word because it should be a heck of a lot of fun. I'm getting guests lined up and finalized. I, I can't wait. It's going to be a nice little break from the college football craziness uh, right before bowl season really gets underway. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. And uh, news. We have a little bit. And it seems to be every episode we get uh, somebody got fired news. It's either an <laughs> AD or it's a coach. This time your winner is Jim Mora, who is fired at UCLA. And right now rumors are pointing to potentially Chip Kelly making all the sense of the world to get there. I mean, does it? Is that just like the low hanging fruit? That's easy to point to. Pac-12 BS. I, I, I look, Jim Mora after six years clearly proved that. He had one decent year and none after that. Um, but Chip Kelly, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it, it, this just feels like any opening opens up. Hey, what about Chip Kelly? It's like everyone calm down, put your pants back on. He's not coming anywhere back any anytime soon. At least nothing's in the cards that shows it. So it just feels like one of those, it's a Pac-12 team. It's, you know, in, in a, I guess, in a general area that he recruits well at. Why not Chip Kelly? I, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a myriad of reasons, but I think everyone needs to chill on that. Yeah, well, it could be worse. It could be all the groomers that seem to be flying around Tennessee to the point to where a restaurant tweeted a photo, convinced it was Gruden uh, eating with Peyton Manning, and then they had to retract <laughs> that okay. it was Gruden. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, We're at that point now where the coaching carousel hasn't even started and everyone's speculating on who's got what horse. You know what I mean? Like, Everyone needs to relax. <laughs> 
All right. Well, yes, that that's all we have there. A little extra life reminder. We had the the quick news, and folks, we're gonna really fly through the games because, as Eddie said on the picks, that this week was really gonna test that there are no bad weeks of college football. Uh, it wasn't a bad week, but it wasn't earth shattering. So we're gonna, and even on the Notre Dame side, I would argue yep. as well. So yep. we're gonna kind of blow through these games, quick hit ish, uh, and then get straight to Notre Dame and and talk about the win against Navy. Uh, so let's start off with there were two upsets on the day. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll kind of start in chronological order. The first one was Wake Forest beating North Carolina State thirty to twenty four in a game in which they never trailed. And Shane, the the last four drives of North Carolina State kind of sums up the craziness uh, for them, at least in failure perspective. Mm-hmm. Fumble, field goal, fumble, interception. That's how they ended the Jeez. game. <laughs> three turnovers and bar- and three points. So did, they went three and three on the last four drives. <laughs> yeah, and and some t- st- statistical hilarity here. I mean, North Carolina State outgained Wake five hundred and two yards to three hundred thirty four. Held the ball for forty one minutes <laughs> and and Golly. ran ninety four plays as opposed to Wake's fifty six, and they still couldn't pull this one off. That almost it almost it, sometimes it's funny when you look at these these like lopsided stats. When you see a team that's like outgained, held the ball longer, and had almost you know fifty percent more plays, it almost speaks to the fact that that team was like desperate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they were so far up their own shit that they just didn't know what to do, and they were just running, 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 and trying trying their damnedest. But you know, again, when you turn the ball over three times in your last four possessions, none of that matters. Right, and, and that was the the funny part when I looked at the the box score was like because I didn't get a chance to really watch much of this game because it was one of those things in my periphery uh, when that was going on. I was like, oh well, a lot of you know points must have been scored off the turnovers. Nope, it was just complete ineptitude at the end for North Carolina State. They just fell apart at the end, completely fell apart. But, I mean, look, we're at a point now where I don't think we, I don't think anybody can pretend that Wake isn't uh, a a vastly improved team, but b um, they they may be doing a little bit of ACC shaking up there in in the next couple of years. So, uh, NC State got caught sleeping, or they just you know beat themselves, whichever you want to call it. But uh, I think we all know from our own firsthand experience that Wake is uh, is not to be quote unquote trifled with, if you will. Yeah, and if you want to use the transitive property now, uh, that little bit of hair pulling at the end of Wake Forest really doesn't yeah. look so bad at this point yeah. because I mean, look what they did with their last last quarter. <laughs> exactly, and um, the other thing to keep in mind here is that Wake Forest and NC State they have the same record. So I, I'm going to be really interested to see what the if there's any intrigue as far as Notre Dame's resume. Not that it really, I think, matters at this point. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering because my, my uh, guess was that if Wake won, they would kind of, you know, end up in the top 25. NC State might fall out. So interesting to see what happens. Two teams, equivalent record. What's going to happen in this one with both of them having four losses? I think it's very plausible that NC State, that that Wake Forest ends up ranked, and you know NC State was was basically borderline. They were number twenty five, so you know chances are that they'll drop out. But I mean, Wake at this point might have earned their spot in the top twenty five at this point. Yeah, and you know, kudos to them. And and man, I'm, that makes that Elko higher look even better. <laughs> oh boy! All right, uh, we had the other upset on the day. This one was rather. If there was a shocking moment, this would be it. And that's Kansas State putting up 45 on Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, they trailed as much by 42-13 to 13 late in the third quarter. 
and then Mason Rudolph did Mason Rudolph things, but the comeback fell just short. Final score, 45-40. to 40. Mason Rudolph in a losing effort, 32 out of 53, 425 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, again, another stat line that speaks to desperation, right? <laughs> and now, now, I'm not just saying that because it's convenient. Like, of course, Mason Rudolph has been putting up gaudy numbers all, all season, but when you're trailing, uh, first of all, how the hell do you fall behind 42 to 13 to this Kansas State team that really hasn't been, I mean, no disrespect, but they have not been remarkable. No, not at all. At all. Uh, on the other hand, Oklahoma State has been. They've been kind of torching their opponents consistently. I mean, Kansas State, you got with this win, just by beating Oklahoma State, got bowl eligible. So, I mean, not exactly the, the, the you know, the, the, the world beater. But um, when you fall behind 42-13, yes, it stands to reason that Mason Rudolph then has to turn around and essentially become, you know, the, the hero of the day. But, I mean, it, even with a 32-53, 425 yards and three touchdowns, they still fall short. And the Big 12 is just, they, <laughs> they just hate everything. They hate themselves so much. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I still can't wait to see what the fallout of that title game is going to end up being. But to your point with Kansas State, if you allow yourself, you're, you're up 42 to 13 and it gets within a possession, that should exactly speak to how good you are not. Exactly. <laughs> it should never get that close. All right. Biggest game, I guess, of the, the week was number five, Wisconsin against number 24, Michigan. I uh, hope you enjoyed your little trip, <laughs> uh, Michigan, into the top 25 because you're about to get bounced 24 to 10, your final in this one. Uh, the funny part of this, this is a week of statistical oddities, I swear. Uh, mm-hmm. Peters from Michigan was the leading passer in this game, 9 of 18, 157 yards, and he was knocked out of this game. <laughs> yeah so, uh, wisconsin like to throw the ball it's so big 10 it hurts <laughs> oh my god but yeah i mean Mi- michigan did like that, that, that nice little uh that little gif of uh what is it homer simpson's dad walking in taking his hat off walking right back grabbing it out walking away it's their trip in the top, 25. top 25 and then leave yeah uh, um I'm, i i i didn't i can't say i'm surprised by this result i mean i'm, I'm sorry but michigan's offense is butt uh it's it's (laughs) that's being generous and and the the butt that was good graduated exactly (laughs) it it no longer has a butt to supplement its butt basically (laughs) um but yeah i mean wisconsin did what it had to do uh the passing offense was just an abomination that nobody should have to witness ever for any reason and not to mention that there was a touchdown <laughs> of the of the of the utmost hilarity. <laughs> yes, there was a, and this was very early in the game where it, it was a, again. This is so big, tenant hurts because it happens on a punt, and the ball is literally bouncing around, and the Wisconsin punt returner just kind of looks up, like think I can take this. He runs up, grabs it. Michigan gets caught sleeping, and he takes it all the way to the house for a touchdown. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, so good. But yeah, um, later, Michigan. Have fun. Bye. (laughs) Oh, man, I cannot. I I will say one storyline I'm going to be looking very forward to, especially if what we expect is going to happen in in the game with Michigan and Ohio State. If Ohio State runs them out of the building again. Oh, man, Mm -hmm. that offseason angst against Harbaugh. Oh, oh, into my veins. Every last bit of it. 
and losing to Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Yikes. Yeah, please lose the bowl game. Go eight and five. That will make yeah. that will make everything so oh, much yeah. better. Oh god. And play Florida for some reason. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Well, this game ended up I mean, final score makes it sound like it wasn't a little bit of a nail biter, but trust me, it was. And that was number three, Miami damn near sleepwalking half of this game, 44 to 28, your final against Virginia. But yeah, like I said, the game was much, much closer in this one. Yeah. Wasn't it, wasn't it like, wasn't Virginia up like 21 to 14 at the half? Yep. I mean, it was something <laughs> like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. I mean, what did they, did the stank rub off? I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, this Virginia team is, is pedestrian. So it was, it was almost like, you know the ACC having its moment. Like, is it is the ACC gonna Big Twelve this team? Right? <laughs> they almost but, you know, did. They almost did. But you know, the, the Miami, Miami managed to get it together. They came back. Um, they they remain undefeated. Uh, the Cavaliers, you know, are still teetering on bowl eligibility. They're six and five now. But I mean, it, it's it, it's like you said, it was a much closer game. Uh, the turnovers essentially managed to you know, widen that gap and give them that, you know, that essentially the 20 point lead or whatever, almost 20 point lead to, to, to close the game out. But yeah, definitely, um, definitely just a, just proof that there is no, there are no safe weeks in this sport. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, I really, really want to do a day night split and, and focus on that for Miami. I've never wanted to do that for a football team before, but mm-hmm. like this was the Miami team that Shane, you and I, we kept looking at it's like they're so suspect. Yet the two big night games that they've had, they knock it out of the park. They've been yeah, they've been insane, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess in Miami night, nighttime town. You you get out in that noon kick, you're still recovering from a hangover or something. I it just it was weird watching that game, and it, it was also weird because I said this this all has the smell of we think for a half there's going to be chaos. And then the expected happens, which is exactly what happened in this one. It wasn't even close at the end of it. Yeah, no, no. But still, you know, again, no safe weeks. Uh, the team got caught, uh, I guess, you know, sleepwalking. Now, mind you, this Miami team still has two games to play because of their schedule being all wonky, right? Yep. Um, not just Pitt, which you never know. It's at Pitt. But then, uh-oh, Clemson. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Uh, still a lot to happen there in the ACC. Uh, we're going to talk about OU and Kansas. Uh, the score itself is not notable. 40, 41 <laughs> to three. It's only notable because of all the antics that happen around this game. So um, Baker Mayfield, as he reaches out to shake Kansas, the Kansas captain's hands at the 50 yard line, uh, they just stand there with their hands behind their back. And you just see Mason, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's just shaking his head. It's like, okay, okay. She just starts clapping. And then later wow. on in the game and, and towards the second half, he scores a touchdown. He's screaming at somebody on the sidelines, drops a slew of F-bombs while grabbing his crotch. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another tweet that I saw. I don't know when this happened. I guess he was jawing to a fan where he said, you have one win, stick to basketball. Oh, so damn. Baker Mayfield doing Baker Mayfield things. If you remember, all right, one, he planted the flag at Ohio State. So that happened. He had to apologize for it. And then uh, he he also got caught pregame telling Baylor that they need to be reminded who their daddy is. <laughs> and now this, he just, yeah. he's such a loose cannon. And I don't particularly care. I just think it's dumb. And you, you should probably have a little bit more presence of mind that especially after you help your team score a touchdown, you're, you're basically the Heisman winner. 
and you, you may want to realize there's a camera on you and you probably shouldn't be shaking your balls on national television. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, this is it's every year, man. Every year there's this storyline where it's like the the the, the high profile, uh, you know, Heisman contending player does something stupid. Um, I, I don't know if it's just the decade we live in or whatever, but like it does not. I'm sorry, it doesn't phase me anymore. It's just like, yeah, OK, you know, <laughs> yeah. he grabbed his nuts next <laughs> yeah exactly whatever and and folks this i saw this around twitter it's not going to affect the heisman race whatsoever nope. no i'm sorry uh need we remind you <laughs> of recent winners names Jameis winston uh johnny menzel um anyone else ever i don't know whatever you want yeah it's it's not that that whole character thing is something that sounds nice when they're talking about the heisman trust but that's about it uh so mm -hmm. yeah baker mayfield unless he just implodes more so than some kind of sideline antics he he's gonna win the trophy all right moving on let's talk uh let's talk a little pack 12 here mm -hmm. uh we'll start off with a game that ended up much much closer than i expected that's number 11 southern cal taking out ucla and getting jim moore fired 28 to 23 uh, like I said, closer than expected. I really don't feel like it was ever really super in doubt for SC. Mm -hmm. Josh Rosen in the duel of, you know, very hyped quarterbacks definitely came out on top. He looked at to one point, Kirk Herbstreet said, yeah, Darnold needs another year in college to be a complete quarterback. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Your sports uh, illustrated cover going? Yeah, your little number one pick? Yeah. Sure? <laughs> Rosen, 32 out of 52, 421 yards, three touchdowns in this losing effort. And he was basically their entire offense. And, and like I said in the picks, he's just not good enough to get past like a good team. Yeah. I mean, he's he's good. He is such a great player, man. Some of those throws he was making, especially that the, and and this is coming from you know watching Wimbush overthrow so many of them on our end. Just mm -hmm. the beautiful touch he has on those long balls, hitting people in stride. Doesn't even look like he's trying. It's it's art. It's great to watch yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, then on the other side, you have Ronald Jones going twenty eight rushes for one hundred twenty two yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and, and you know, entertaining game, but uh, the expected result happened in this one. Yeah, and now uh, USC is now ten and two on the season. Look at this that! And who are one of those losses to? Who who is one of those obliterations to? You mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, interesting to see. I mean, things are kind of things still have life in terms of Notre Dame's Notre Dame's resume and uh, UCLA. You know. See you guys later, but USC, good on you for doing what you're supposed to do. We appreciate it. Yeah, and they've punched their ticket to the Pac-12 title game. Uh, now the north side of the Pac-12 still in doubt, uh, but Stanford did what they needed to do against Cal. Uh, oh, they win 17-14, to and they need a Washington State loss. So the Apple Cup, they're going to be pulling for Washington pretty hard. Uh, but Bryce Love, the other storyline here, he's not the leading rusher in this game because he had to come out pretty early, and, man, he looked banged up bad again to the point to where he was on the turf just about writhing in pain. I, I, yep. He does. He has not looked right for, for basically the sec ever since that injury where he missed Oregon State. He has not looked right ever since. Yeah, basically. Uh, it, like we said, I mean, the shelf life on a running back in terms of, of the season is, is limited enough as it is. When that when that running back is literally your entire offense, uh, you're you're really pushing it when you get to weeks eleven and twelve. And now you know you you got a Stanford team that barely, like by the skin of their teeth, escapes a Cal team that just is not all there. Seventeen to fourteen, and you lose your top running back in what the first quarter. I mean, it's at, it's at a point now where if you really wanted to 
or if you really had, I guess, any kind of forward thinking notions, you would realize, wait a minute, maybe this Notre Dame game is a little bit more uh, important and we can maybe afford to sit Bryce out on this one. You know, I, I, I mean, even if it's even if it remains in doubt, I mean, clearly it, it's essentially the same effect as what happened anyway. Um, but yeah, now you, you have your your workhorse in doubt um, and you're looking for a Pac-12, I don't know, made an at-large berth of some kind and you're going into the week against Notre Dame with your your main producer potentially sidelined yeah not ideal definitely uh definitely shawing it up up in there yeah and it's one of those things to where I mean this was must win for them to to have that New Year's Six hope because they got to get into the Pac-12 title game win Mm -hmm. that thing to get into a New Year's Six Bowl that's really the only way they're gonna it's gonna happen they're not gonna get an at-large otherwise so it's it's a weird situation to be in and it was funny Shaw afterwards I saw uh he had a quote out there because he passed Pop Warner on the all-time Stanford win list and made sure to remind the media that there were naysayers out there (laughs) is is there a more insecure coach in all of college football Seriously, dude, like relax. No one is paying that much attention. Please go away. Yeah. Well, oh, speaking of not paying that much attention, a coach that bemoaned not enough people paying attention might have been glad this was the Pac-12 after dark again because Washington just barely survived Utah, thirty-three yep. to thirty. In a, this was a great nightcap. It was very, very entertaining. This even featured. God bless Rod Gilmore. He he hates everything that's fun. <laughs> he is your your most ultra conservative announcer. And there was a point where Utah faked a punt, and, and the this wonderful Australian punter god just trucks it, goes all the way, converts the first down. As he pops up, he spikes the ball in celebration. And Rod Gilmore had thoughts, y'all, on that penalty. He had feelings. <laughs> yes, he did. He had some feelings on it, and. It, it was the best part about it was watching Twitter all explode with the same thing. <laughs> it's just it's like Rod's the worst. God, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but anyway, Washington had to come uh, win this on a game-winning field goal, and that was after they had missed a couple field goals earlier. They were doing everything possible to get upset in this one, but just held on enough. And like I said, Stanford is going to rely on them in the Apple Cup because if mm. Mike Leach pulls it out, it is going to be Washington State in that Pac-12 title game instead. Jeez incredible boy, oh boy. The, the the press conference quotes that would come from a leech situation <laughs> if that were to come. Uh, anyway I, I mean utah so utah has not been utah right no. i think we can all agree i mean they, they, first of all they're dependent on their last win against colorado for even bowl eligibility but if you were to be fair and look back at their schedule they lost to the likes of stanford usc arizona state oregon washington state and washington you know four out of the six of those were ranked opponents essentially at this point um, but Washington, man, like they just remain this. I don't understand what's happening with this team this year. I, I know they're nine and two. I know they complain about overall disrespect. The reality is that's that's all that all has to do with their schedule. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and it's not like the Pac-12 is exactly strong this year. Um, and Washington didn't even play USC. So they're really their only major quality win is who? Nobody. Not even <laughs> one ranked opponent. You know, their last their last opportunity is the Apple Cup right now. So. Um, but you know they, they still they still kind of fluctuate between I I don't know whether or not they should be better than they are but then they lose to the likes of Stanford and Arizona State and in kind of ugly fashion you know if he's if if 
Chris Peterson really feels disrespect, maybe he should. I don't, I'm sorry, but maybe he should probably try to earn it a little bit harder. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> frankly, I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Yeah, uh, and it's funny that it, it's one of those things to where I, I don't think he was trying to go too hard in the paint against ESPN or you know Pac-12 about the scheduling, and now it's come back to bite him so hard. Because mm-hmm. anytime he he stumbles or falls just a little bit, it'll be like, oh well, nobody was watching this one. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. No one saw. <laughs> Herb Street, you should be thankful. <laughs> yeah. All right, and our obligatory mentions the FSU Bowl Watch. Uh, they scored 77 points against Delaware State. Uh, so wow. whatever. <laughs> and cares. Baylor still at one win. Iowa State takes care of them, 23 to 13. All right. Oh, yeah, poor. It's almost over, Baylor. It's just almost over. Stop, stop. They're already dead. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk. Um, gosh, this yep. is going to be an interesting game to talk about. Notre Dame. All right. Let's let's at least say the good parts uh, for sure. I mean, well, there's a lot of good. But the thing is, Notre Dame moves to nine and two. They beat Navy 24 to 17. Um, but before we get too far into the game, apparently we had like marshmallow gate going on in this game (laughs) marsh and at the gate at that. So, Ah, ah. (laughs) yeah. Uh, so what was happening and, and for those of you that aren't aware and you've maybe seen the story floating around the first place I saw it was, I saw a Pete Sampson tweet something about it. And then I saw one foot down, uh, published a story about it. So basically, at least when I was at Notre Dame, I have no idea how long this has been going on. It was one of those things. Oh, it's happened for a while. So whatever the hell that means. But there would always be marshmallow fights in the stands at halftime. And apparently some knuckleheads were uh, actually putting crap in there. And it was actually hurting some people, especially if it made their way down to the field. So they were trying to crack down on it. And by the time I think maybe I was a junior, it was basically relegated to the senior section last game of the year because they would take your ticket book if you got caught with them. And what are they going to do on the last game of the season? Take your empty ticket book and you're not going to have another student ticket ever again. So you're fine. So basically this, so it's been a, a tradition on the last game of the year where especially the senior section marshmallow fights, but there was a couple of things that happened before on this one. There was an email sent out to the student body to where it says, you know, you wouldn't want a marshmallow thrown at you during your final exam. Please don't throw marshmallows on the field. And I find that email interesting because it didn't say don't bring marshmallows into the stadium. Don't have a marshmallow fight. It says don't throw them on the field because I'm sure cleaning up a wet, soggy marshmallow and that kind of a shit storm that all that rain that fell in South Bend. Mm-hmm is a pain in the butt or if it gets hot on the field and it melts into the, you know, the turf that that can't be a good situation. You know, grass, it's maybe a little bit easier to clean up turf. So I get that part, but what ended up happening was the searches that went on in the student gate was apparently, and this is all reportedly, you know, I haven't seen too many stories about it. There's been some posts on ND nation that one foot down, um, posted up there, some anecdotal stories, uh, Pete's mentions kind of echoed it as well, but they were searching a more, more than just a little pat down. It was like, no, no, take your jacket off, take your hat off. It, there was reports what? that, yeah, it, that people were having to remove layers to prove they didn't have marshmallows. So, because students, I mean, I know people that taped them to their legs when I was a senior. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, and it took so long that apparently, because a lot of tweets were coming out, hey, where's the student section? It's like fucking empty. And it's the first yeah. quarter. It's kicking off. Well, apparently half of them were still outside the stadium. 
because wow, getting, in the, it, getting checked down. Yeah, in the second quarter, it filled up. There were reports that it was taking so long. People were trying to push their way through the gates. A couple people maybe got trampled. Like I said, lots of rumors and reports. I have no idea about the accuracy other than what seems to be fact at this point was that Notre Dame at least had a bigger crackdown on this or tried to. Bigger? I mean, way overcompensating reaction. Yeah, and it's, it's it's weird because this has been something they've always tried to crack down on. It's it's fighting a losing battle. I get the reasons for why they got to do it, but, man, it's there's got to be another way. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is here. I honestly don't have one, but maybe not keeping the students out and making it look like, oh, well, shit, we lost to Miami. Let's not go because that's what it looked like <laughs> for a while. Yeah, basically. That's what, yeah, the optics were that, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. <sighs> but anyway, I'm I'm interested to see how Marshmallow Gate filters out, just to see if there's any other stories. I have a feeling it's going to be a little blip on the radar, and it's just one of those things where good intentions went awry in a hurry. Yeah. All it's right. More poorly managed. So let's talk about something less entertaining than marshmallows, which was how some of this game went down. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. We talked about statistical oddities in in the national outlook. Uh, let's talk about some in this game. Your time okay. of possession, Shane, 42 minutes, 42 seconds for Navy, <laughs> what? 17 minutes, 18 seconds for Notre Dame. I mean, I want to say that's an anomaly, but it's also a triple option it, with the Navy. So. Yeah, and the number of plays, this one was absurd. 80 yep. plays for Navy, 72 of them on the ground, 49 for Notre Dame. What the hell? Notre Dame only had, I mean, they had eight drives, but one of them was kneeling out the clock, so really they only had seven. And they yeah. failed to score on three of them. Two of them were three and outs. Now, if I painted that picture, you would have been like, holy crap, Notre Dame probably lost this game because yeah. Navy can put up points, right? Well, not so much. Yet, in all of this, Navy only averaged 3.8 yards a carry and got 4.0 yards per play. And Pete Sampson had a great stat regarding that 72 rushes because Notre Dame's not the first team they did this to. They did mm-hmm. it to Cincinnati and SMU. And both of those games, they got over 500 yards. Cincinnati, they got five touchdowns. SMU, they got six touchdowns on the ground. Notre Dame, they got less than 300 yards, 277 to be exact, and only one rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and then Notre Dame actually outgained Navy in all of so, this, oh, which is yeah. crazy. And, Again. And more importantly, they win the damn game. Yeah, I mean, this is like uh, Mike Vorrell from uh, uh, the South Bend Tribune uh, tweeted out after the game. It's like, it doesn't matter if it wasn't pretty. It doesn't matter if it wasn't clean, if it took a, a slow start, if there was uh, quarterback issues. All that mattered was that ND got what they needed, which was the W, Yeah. period. And it was one of those things where watching this game, I'm like, man, Notre Dame needs to pull it out because it's it looks so ugly. Like it, It's the nightmare scenario if Notre Dame loses a game like that to Navy. Mm-hmm. And it, it was because of how bad it looked. And, and really, I mean, the pitchforks were out in drive number one because clearly game plan was similar to what they came out against with Michigan State. Let's get Wimbush confident because we're going to need him in this game because we're going to need some quick strikes from the passing game. We're not going to be able to grind it down on the ground because then there'll be no fucking time left for us to do anything. And there barely was. Right. <laughs> they, they had the ball for a little over a quarter. Just think about that for a second. Yeah, That's insane. Barely. And so, and then that was a three and out. I mean, the first drive, then the next drive, they get a field goal. Then they have to punt again. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then all of a sudden Navy is up 10 to three. And you're just yep. like, uh, 
What? Okay, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Notre Dame scores to tie it at the half, but then you're like, okay, well, fix it. It's senior day. The emotions are out. The weather's dog shit. Wimbush will get his confidence back. You're trying to talk yourself into, okay, it's not that bad. And then Navy comes out and drives all the way down the field for a touchdown in a drive that featured a third and 15 converted via fullback dive. Yeah. Fullback yeah. dive, 15 yeah. plus. It wasn't even, let me see the exact yardage on there. I need to look it up here in the box score because it wasn't just that they converted it. It was ugly. What are they? 19 yards. So a guy, Ugh. damn near gets a 20 yard scamper. Jeez, into Notre uh, Dame territory. Oh, oh man. Uh, I mean, this game could have gone so far south so fast, especially because Wimbush, if you want two plays that really kind of describes where Wimbush is at right now with the passing game, he had a run pass option to where Alizé Mack is literally right in front of him. And he could run the ball if he wants to. But Wimbush decides to pass it. He could practically hand the ball off, and he overthrows Mack. Yeah. <laughs> And then later in the game where Notre Dame could have really iced this thing because there's an interception from Navy and then Notre Dame can come out. They can ice this thing. They come out yep. with two runs. It is third and two. Notre Dame decides to call a pass play. It's a good play call. Alizé Mack is again wide open and Wimbush leads him just a little too much. It kind of goes off Mack's fingertips. You're like, fuck, why? Yeah. Yeah. Can't convert a third and two in a, cru in a crucial game situation. Like, ugh. Yeah, microcosm of the entire day. Exactly, but hat tip to Ken Niamatololo. What the fuck are you thinking? Um, he decides to call a halfback pass for his last ditch effort on a fourth down conversion attempt. Down. And no, yeah, Notre Dame was fooled for like half a second, and then everybody recovered. There was a pass rusher in the halfback's face, and he just he chunked it off his back foot because the dirt. when the game's on the line and you're a triple option team, you want beyond anything else when it's fourth and five mind you it's not like it was fourth and a mile fourth mm -hmm. and five in nd territory you want your halfback throwing off his back foot <laughs> uh, of course you do <laughs> uh, that's the whole game yeah man uh so thankfully uh he he outdumbed himself but uh he did do one smart thing he decided to go over after the game and ask Greer martini if he was graduating and he said thank god when he said yes <laughs> 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 yeah, Greer Martini, this is his jam, right? I mean, he had an another strong-ass game. Yeah, he did. Led all tacklers with 15 tackles. He got his 100th tackle in this game, uh, which I think it was Eric Hansen tweeted at one point. Uh, no, I know it feels like it, but all 100 tackles have not come against Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least half of them have, but yes. Yeah, so, I mean... It's hard to break this game down because really no. yeah. you look at Wimbush, and you're like, gosh, he still looks rough. He basically got EQ killed. He's oh, now yeah. he's now in concussion protocol. Wimbush sails one early in the game and we've it's frustrating because we're like, when's the receiver going to make a play? And here comes EQ. He's like, all right, I'm going to try to make a play on this one. He jumps up and the tiny Navy defender just runs right through him, kicks him up head over heels. I'm just glad he got up and walked under his own power because that looks scary. He looked knocked yeah. the fuck out. I'm like, please don't be paralyzed because that's what was no. going through my head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Wimbush is, is, is not. I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, you know, we'll all look back at this season and recognize it for what it was. It was just, you know, Brian Kelly taking a first year starter and giving him what he could, plus a little bit extra trust in his skill set. You know, like something that he's doing, he's giving him the Tommy Reese treatment, but also calling plays that he knows he can run and letting him run free. But uh, in terms of, of passing, 
wherever Wimbush seemed to be in the spring with all the, you know, all the reporters reporting and everything and in fall camp, it's clear that it was just one of those safe space perspective uh, perceptions because honestly he is just he's not there i mean i think we can all kind of conclude that at this point he's just not really i don't I, it's just he can't put the gate he can't put it all together completely he's definitely trusts his legs like at least 80 percent, and maybe his arm 20 that's the, that's the perception i think it's created now yeah and and you almost and at least the way i'm thinking i know this is kind of forward looking because really <laughs> i don't want to look too much at this navy game because it was nope. it was ugly it was a win but it was ugly I, I think we can all you know admit that it was it wasn't pretty and notre dame it looked like at the opening was trying to treat it like a practice from Wimbush, and it damn near backfired in the worst way possible but they still won so yay they won and now you're like okay moving to stanford can we please not fuck around and make yeah, sure we go we 10 and 2 please do what we do yeah <laughs> and and then you're like okay because and and here's the thing because if you win and you go 10 and 2, you're New Year's 6. And this sounds so stupid, but the difference between 10 and 2 and going to a New Year's 6 bowl as opposed to going to a tier right below it, you get a few more practice days if you can go to a New Year's 6 bowl. You, you absolutely do. <laughs> and I think uh, Wimbush could use that. Imagine a full month of Wimbush being able to practice. Yeah. For the love of God, he he needs it right now. And that's he and again, he's got all the talent in the world. You know he's got a cannon for an arm. And he, he also had a couple plays in this game where the, the touchdown pass to Stefferson was beautiful. It was perfect. Yeah. It was great. I was like, oh, finally. He, we, we were hitting he's hitting his stride and then he comes out and then on that last drive, the last real offensive drive of the game, you know, he he just falls short. It's like what the yep. what's going on? Yeah, imagine him not only having a month of practice, but also a time for his a his left hand to actually heal up. I mean, I'm sorry yeah. that contusion. If you saw it, it was it's it's alarming. You don't you don't put a glove on there unless you're trying to really cover up the damage. You know, um, but yeah, and and then on top of that, you know, him to, him to just get consistency. I feel like that's there has not been he has not you know like a, a t not every quarterback, but a lot of quarterbacks tend to have a a, a specific dynamic with their receivers. I just. This is this is a situation where all year it has felt like Wimbush doesn't necessarily have that guy. No, in his head, I think that's you know? that's yeah. Maybe I think Stefferson he's getting close to having that kind of trust with. Maybe, but the guy wasn't even available for five games. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and that's what hurt bad. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then I, the only other, only other person that ever came on was Chase Claypool. But again, like he doesn't he just doesn't have that guy. He doesn't have that one dude that he that he wants to go to. Or even you know like an, an alternative to that guy. He just he, he he's having a hard time reconciling not only his his progression, but then on top of that, not knowing the consistency. Because we we, we all I think we all looked at one at two people as being surefire bets. We looked at Economy Say Brown, who has been uh, pretty much held in check all season, not necessarily his fault. And then Alize Mack, who has been pretty much not good. Yeah. I mean, I think we can objectively say that at this point. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. I mean, we were expecting big things out of him. Yeah, and so like you get the begs the question like who does he really trust and go to at this point? There isn't there isn't a guy, and Kevin Sefferson does does seem to show the signs, but again, he wasn't even available for almost half the year. So everything is kind of like it, it's still in its in its infancy. It feels like, but um, I think I think if you if you give if you give Wimbush an opportunity, go ten and two, and get an extra month of practice. Hopefully, that bowl game. Things can kind of, I don't know, at least come together heading into the next season and, and keep momentum going. 
Yeah, and and like I said, there's. I really feel like, and I'm hoping it's almost a Brady Quinn type situation to where he was barely a 50% passer, and, and then you know Weiss comes in, and all of a sudden he just explodes. It looks like he's just, you know, yeah, he's throwing a lot of jump balls, but he's throwing a lot of jump balls in the right location, and we can't even get that right now out of Wimbush. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's the thing that's frustrating because you got Chase and and EQ with the size of them. And look, when I mean jump balls, I mean a 50-50 one, not one where he's throwing it so high EQ can't even reach it and he's right. able to get you know his legs taken out from under him. That's not what I mean by jump balls. So, I mean, some, and, and not only that, there's, you know, especially Stefferson, now that he seems to got everything, you know, his head's right, he seems to be on the right track, he is so damn fast and he is getting behind defenses without even trying. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to be able to hit that. I mean, think about Will Fuller, everything he was able to do with Deshaun Kaiser and, and just make exactly. games so much easier because nobody could cover him. But you got to hit him. You got to put it to where he can catch it. Otherwise, it's it's another, oh, damn. And then we look back like Miami. It's like, well, what if he had hit that wide open receiver that was free downfield? Exactly. Yeah, we, we got to stop having that, especially after watching Rosen play. And I'm, I'm watching him do just that. Like I mentioned in the national recap, I'm like, huh. Why? Why can't we do something close to that? Maybe not every pass, just maybe every other. I'll be fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking at fifty percent of the deep balls, because yeah, his deep accuracy is well, his his short distance accuracy is bad too right now. But it's yeah. it, it's got to change because it's, yeah. And, and the thing is, especially when you're going to go face Stanford, and we'll obviously talk more about this when the time comes. But you're going to go face them. They're a team that loves to make it ugly. You don't want to sit there and get into a, a grinded-out type battle because, you know, again, Josh still doesn't look right. Again, I don't know what's – he got 100 yards in this one. He looks – he did decent. But that rushing attack just hadn't looked the same for a good month. And yeah. I, I'm honestly running out of – you know, I'm scratching my head as to, to what's going on here as far as the the rushing attack has gone. I mean, they get 163 yards, you know, 106 from Adams, 41 from Wimbush. Tony Jones Jr. gets 20. But, I mean, it's it's making me scratch my head because they're blowing up holes so big, and then when you get to a Navy team where you expect it to really get blown up big, it it just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's just – I am – I guess I'm I'm confident, or at least I'm hopeful – that given given the next you know year or so uh, in this program, Brandon Wimbush can really come on. But you know, right now it's just like we, we have to make of it what it is, and in doing so, recognize that maybe let's just lean on what we know has worked <laughs> all year, and just let him let him do things with his legs and and be more of a game manager to an extent within his skill set. Let's not uh, let's not reinvent shit. Let's let's keep things kind of in check. Yeah, and and one other thing we should mention, and I almost I, I did forget to put it on the outline, but I'm sitting here looking at the box score. Uh, Chris Fink, I'm getting worried about the special teams right now because, uh, <laughs> good grief, because Newsom didn't have a great day punting the ball, first of all, but then Fink on a potential punt return fumbles it. Navy ends up scoring on that. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of shit you just can't do. And right. remember when I said this is one of those games to where if Notre Dame loses, you have all these things to take a look at. It's like, well, the defense could never get off the field. Well, in this one, it was, oh, well, the defense, it was the, I think, let me look at this. It was the only three and out that the defense had all, all game long. And then yep. you, your defense finally does it. And this is on the third Navy drive. 
and then all of a sudden he fumbles. And now Navy takes five more minutes off the clock and scores a touchdown. They only had to go 40 yards, and they took five minutes off the clock. Yep. <laughs> Insane. Not, uh, not a good look. <laughs> no. I think I think in particular, I mean, I, I understand that uh, Brian Polian's presence has been, you know, has he has his value, especially as a recruiter. And, and I think in special teams, in terms of special teams, he has proven it in the past, you know, to be a, a valuable coordinator. But uh, this season has not been one for demonstrating that. <laughs> yes, it has not been pretty. Uh, not but- been but again, I, I wonder if C.J. Sanders, you know, in the bowl game, will get a look out back there. And Maybe. I, and I know the reasons why, because last season he uh, he definitely lost that job. But yes. in, he looked decent on kickoff returns, at least this week. Again, playing Navy, yeah. but you're hoping he can – you need somebody a little bit more dynamic back there because Fink, I think, is – he's extremely fast. Don't get me wrong, but – he doesn't seem to make a whole lot of guys miss. I mean, he, he's been able to do it every now and then, but more so it seems like he doesn't know when to just fair catch the ball. He's made a lot of questionable decisions and he scared the crap out of me most of the year. And then I, I guess it just finally bites us in the ass in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not good. All right. Well, anything else you got to say about this again? Like I said, folks, it's really not over no. too much to talk about unless you really just want us to break down how, you know, and and we should at least hat tip the defense. Look, they, yeah, of course they didn't get off the field, but when you give up sub three hundred rushing yards to Navy when they carry the ball that much, that's yeah. that's a hell of a good game. And they weren't. There was a lot of good gap control. They were controlling the edges very well. They weren't blowing assignments. Yes, you had the occasional time where, yeah, third and fifteen, you give up the big fullback dive, but that was you know they did not have a single rush over twenty yards. Their only over 20-yard play was a pass, and it, can't, it was a fullback that caught it, if I remember correctly. But still, when, when that's all that happens, that's that's how Navy has upset Notre Dame teams in the past. They give up the huge play that breaks loose. It was Navy always breaks one loose. Navy didn't break one loose. So a hat tip to yeah. Elko on that one. They get one turnover in this one. They weren't dependent on the turnovers to win them the game. So... If this is what we see, and, and usually first-year defensive coordinators have at least recently had headaches with Navy, so if this is this is a good sign for Elko going forward that he knows how to defend this. Yes. No, I mean, like they the the game wasn't pretty, uh, and I, but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna ask why, all I'm gonna say is the offense. <laughs> uh, it just it didn't come together. I mean, but the the, the defense did their job. Uh, they got a turnover. They 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 outgained Navy, which again miracle. Um, and you know, and seventy two carries. It, we did the comparison before to what happened in Cincy and SMU. They kept them under three hundred yards total. I mean, you you really couldn't ask for a lot more except for the offense to do their damn job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I I'm 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 hopeful and confident that this that, that moving forward. There isn't, there isn't going to be as much of this, well, now we're not sure, can he handle the triple option, whatever. Like I think we know well enough that it's it's handled. Um, it's just a matter of, can we perform uh, to the offensive standard that we're supposed to on an important day like Senior Day and not make it a thing like we almost do every year? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this game is a lot different. I mean, on those, those drives in the first quarter, if Notre Dame – say they don't say they at least get a field goal they get a couple field goals you're like all right they got six points so then when navy gets the touchdown eventually 
and we're we're gonna assume Fink fumbles the ball, then you're like, okay, uh, you know, Notre Dame's gonna get it going, it's fine, and then Notre Dame ends up going into the half with the lead. You feel bad about stuff, but you're then you're just like, okay, the only touchdown happened because we we just brain farted on a punt return. It, it right. could be worse. Yeah, the offense isn't looking great, but the, you know the weather sucks. You can at least talk yourself into it when you go into the half tied. <laughs> you know that that's not good at all. But and the other thing is, you know, and then this game's a lot different if Fink doesn't fumble the punt return. That's exactly. that's a whole possession. Navy got a bonus possession and a bonus drive. You do not give a team like that a bonus. Just don't. You you need that offensive drive. So, you know, right. all things considered, I mean. I won't call this a good game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a good result. <laughs> exactly. And again, W. That's what I care about. Yes. All right. Well, we'll definitely have a lot more to say. Uh, we're we're going to have an earlier podcast because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Shane and I are going to shoot for a Tuesday recording, meaning you're going to get it in your ears by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, phrasing. That was weird. Um, uh, yeah. Why, why did you do that? I, I <laughs> no don't one know. thought it. You said it. Well, <laughs> It's one of those things where it came out of my mouth. I was like, hold on a second. What did I just say? All right. Uh, I mean, with that being said, how's everything been going, Shane? <laughs> Besides- Chaos as usual. <laughs> Chaos. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's just the norm now. So I, 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 what I'll just start saying is everything's great because everything's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, nothing nothing insane. Uh, we got the short week this week for work, which I think is going to be great. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll actually be able to catch a little bit more of the Stanford game this coming weekend. Um, but all, all in all, everything is it, everything is about as as normal as I can expect it to be. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, as as normal as well, because I was all over the place on Saturday as well. Uh, my nephew, he, his band was in state competition uh, last week, if I remember correctly. Uh, we weren't able to go to that since it was in San Antonio. Uh, but his uh, he's in the percussion section, so they had a percussion competition. We're like, okay, well, we'll make sure to go out to this one. And I'm thinking in my mind, it's Navy. It can't be bad. This isn't a good Navy. And then, of course, all this happened. So that was, that was fun, actually, having to try to pay attention in the middle of all that um and beyond that a lot of housework got a i've spent way too much money at lowe's this week (laughs) putting up i've I've had to replace a bunch of lights uh outdoor lights uh hung a new screen door because the other one we had didn't close properly and was damaged so got that taken care of there's still more crap to do and i got family coming into town and and staying at our house Uh, my wife uh, her sister and her husband are going to be coming and staying with us starting Wednesday. Hence the other reason why we're recording on a Tuesday, because I, there's no way in hell I'm recording on Wednesday. That ain't happening. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm looking forward to a short week. It's, it's going to be busy. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my car because I have, uh, I got one meeting for Monday and one meeting for Tuesday. The downside is I'm going to be spending four hours driving (laughs) for each one. So I'm going to be ready for that short week to to end. I am ready for I get a couple of days off after Thanksgiving and I will be very, very happy when that's all said and done. Nicely done. Well, I mean, again, it's it's all it's all for the sake of awesome food, right? Exactly. Awesome food, good times with family, good drinks, good company, all that kind of good stuff. Yep. And folks, I guess with that said, we'll see you come Wednesday. And, of course, make sure you subscribe, and you can stay no matter what schedule we have. If you're over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and, of course, if you're hanging around, HerLilSons.com, 
Make sure to come around Discord. That's our chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. Email the show, podcast at herloyalsons.com. Follow me at ND Tech, Shane at Superman TV Jesus. Until next time, y'all, let's beat those damn trees. Have a good one.